This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let me be very clear about what's happened here. Is that the mob has overtaken the process of trying to certify the Electoral College. Security here at the United States Capitol has failed. Demonstrators were inside the building. Security here has utterly failed. Congressman Tom McClintock joins us. Uh, Mr. McClintock represents the 4th District of California in the northern part of the state and joins us uh, now. Uh, Tom, uh, first of all, your overall impressions of the insanity at the Capitol yesterday. Well, I think you described it very well, insanity at the Capitol. I mean, it, 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 it was an attack that strikes at the, at the most sacred act of, of our country, and, and that's the peaceful transfer of power. You know, ever since we were all in grade school, you know, our, our civics teachers hammered into us that, you know, one of the greatest things about our country that sets us apart from so many others is that every year for more than 200 years, uh, every election uh, over 200 years, we peacefully transfer power. Um, So it was an outrage and I think a threat to the most fundamental principles that we have as a free people. And it was terrorism. Violence in pursuit of political goals is a very definition of terrorism. So the, the, the people who stormed the Capitol are terrorists and ought to be condemned that way. Well, and ought to be arrested and prosecuted. And like prosecuted, absolutely. Right. George Washington set the precedent of the peaceful transfer of power. Ronald Reagan called it a miracle, and it is. It's one of our most precious gifts. Uh, what do you think were some of the factors that went into what happened yesterday? Well, obviously, the uh, uh, president's remarks in the uh, rally at the White House uh, right before it uh, uh, certainly you know, stirred it up. Uh, I think we do have to recognize that there's a great deal of 
sentiment across the country that the uh, election system is breaking down. I think a lot of that uh, stems from the, uh, the the fact that we've abandoned in-person uh, election day voting in favor of mail-in ballots, which uh, strips the system of virtually all of its safeguards uh, against voter fraud. And if it's not actually producing voter fraud, it is very clearly producing the suspicion of voter fraud. Uh, you know, we've got to go back to, to the system we had where, where we all, you know, waited until the debate was over, all the candidates had had their say, then on a single day, election day, we all went to our local polling place, which was in our own neighborhoods. It was usually, you know, at the, at the local elementary school or uh, in a neighbor's garage. We'd all look our neighbors on the precinct board in the eye as they handed us our ballot. We'd take that ballot into a curtained voting booth. We would cast that ballot without anybody able to threaten or cajole or plead. We'd cast it according to our own conscience. We would give it back to the uh, precinct um, uh, a poll worker who would then immediately, in our presence, place it in a locked uh, box. Uh, by 8 p.m., we knew exactly how many votes had been cast, and usually by uh, 10 o'clock, midnight in a close race, uh, uh, we knew what the, uh, what the result was. We've stripped the system of all of that, and now we're simply mailing out ballots uh, uh, to, to every name on the voter roll, whether they're deceased or long ago moved, um, uh, with no chain of custody from the time they, uh, they're mailed until the time they're counted. I don't think it's an overstatement to say if we enact what you're talking about, if we head back in that direction, it will substantially cure most of these problems. And if we do not, it will exacerbate them to the point that this sort of violence is common. But um, at the risk of belaboring the point, because we've been making it for years and years, the left and America's media sent the message over and over and over again that political violence is okay if your cause is righteous in our eyes. And we've been saying forever, folks, you keep sending that message. The angry right is going to respond in kind, and they're pretty well armed. Uh, do you agree that that has played a, a, a role in where we got yesterday? Of course, this has been spinning out of control for many years now. We we uh, you know started to encounter that uh, four years ago when, when when the town halls, which were always a routine you know uh, civil sharing of views suddenly turned into these near riots where people were shouting each other down. Uh, you know, it got to the point we had to stop holding them. And I think that, that the situation has simply continued to progress and escalate on both sides uh, till, till uh, you know, we see the culmination of that in the attack on the Capitol yesterday. And, and I hope that this is going to be a, an opportunity for the country to take a step back, take a deep breath, and realize we can't continue down this path. All right, finally, were you in the Capitol yesterday? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I was in the chamber when all this came down. And and how crazy was it? Well, it 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 it, it escalated. I mean, the, the the first thing you knew that was something was wrong was when the security teams came in and whisked the uh, the leadership that was then on the floor uh, out the door, uh, locked the doors, told the rest of us to hunker down, get out gas masks. Uh, uh, I started to see flat. We, we the chamber doors have frosted glass on them. You started seeing flashes uh, through the. Um, uh, a glass. You knew something huge was going on then. Ultimately, they evacuated us uh, uh, down a uh, corridor and, and uh, 
uh, out into the tunnels. That's when I heard the uh, through uh, uh, as, as we were being safely evacuated out, the Capitol Police were heading to the danger, and you could hear on their radios uh, this announcement: "Shots fired on the House floor." And I, I thought I could, I must have heard that wrong. That couldn't possibly be, and, and indeed it was. And, and then I, what really brought it home was when I got to the uh, end of the tunnel, began the office complex. Uh, there's a wounded officer uh, being uh, being evacuated out. Congressman Tom McClintock on the line. Uh, back to politics uh, for a moment or two. I think it's worth recognizing that immediately after the chaos was uh, brought under control, democracy got back to work, and I salute you all for that. Yeah, and 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 that's that's really the 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 the, the story of all of this is uh, our you know our republic continues. The Constitution holds. Uh, I, I, you know, Vice President Pence did exactly the right thing. He recognized that the role of Congress is to count the votes that are sent us by the state. We can't pick and choose which votes we're going to count and which ones we're not. If we do that, the Electoral College means nothing. The elections mean nothing. And, uh, and, and Congress simply elects the president every four years. Which brings us to the president. There is uh, quite a bit of talk, of course, on the left, but some on the right about either the 25th Amendment or another quickie impeachment or something like that. Is that just uh, idle talk? Well, I think the uh, I'm so angry about the president's conduct, particularly over the last 24 hours. I, I want to go too deep into commenting on it uh, until I calm down. Oh, but, go ahead. It's uh, talk radio. You can say anything. <laughs> but, well, again, trying to tone things down. But uh, right. Uh, uh, I, I, I think that uh, the next two weeks, I, I think he's largely taken himself out of the picture by disgracing himself in the way he did. I don't think we're going to be uh, paying much attention to what he says over the next few weeks, and then we can, you know, move on with uh, with you know the the work ahead of us. Well, we know your night was very very long and you're short on sleep. We sure appreciate you taking a few minutes, uh, Congressman. It's my pleasure, Joe. Thanks for having me, Congressman Tom McClintock, Fourth District of California. That's really interesting. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.